0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. I'm excited to share today. Um, you know, some of you, I realized in talking to some of you throughout the week, we're one week into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, my shirt's kind of going a little crazy here, but that's okay. I look like Colombo up here. You know, I love this cold weather. Let me just go with that the cool weather. Because I have all these really cool Harley jackets um, that have been given to me by gifts and stuff like that. I never get to wear them, but now I do. Huh? What do you think? Huh? Some of you are like, I don't even like motorcycles. That's okay. I still like you. But anyway, um, 21 days of prayer and fasting can seem a little radical to some of you. You could sit there and say, why do they do that? What, what is going on? We've been doing this for years and years. We've actually joined with over, I forget the number, it's thousands and thousands of churches across the world who have chosen to stop at the beginning of the year realign ourselves, and, and to pursue God first, to put Him first, and to kind of say no to ourself, our, our flesh, our carnality. It's the part of you, and everybody has one, it's the part of you that wants to do something that would not be God's first choice for you. The Bible actually says that our flesh, which is not just the meat, it's, it's our carnality, um, that the part of our mind that hasn't been renewed to the Word, our bodies have not been uh, redeemed yet. That's the last thing as we get our glorified bodies when we go to heaven. But the Bible says that the flesh is in enmity to God. Now, some of you may say, well, what does that mean? That means if God says, hey, take a right, your flesh is pulling left. Your flesh is trying to create a desire, an appetite, a distraction to keep you from getting closer to God. And the only way that you can combat that is by choice, your choice. God in heaven, the creator of all things, will not come down and make you do it. He will stand there. He'll encourage you. He'll give you what you need. He'll provide you with everything it takes to be successful, but he gives it to you. And you have to decide, what am I going to do with it? You know? So this is to encourage you and to show you the purpose, the power that's involved with prayer and fasting. And really what we want to do is we want to start the year off right, putting God first. And I believe that when we do that, our year will be better and God will be glorified. Amen? So before any of you get tuned out where you say, well, I'm not really a prayer prayer person, you know, the only reason you're not is because you've chosen not to be. Or you're not aware of how simple it is and what it means to pray. You don't have to be, you know, I'll use this term lightly. You don't have to be super spiritual. Can you turn those lights on? You don't have to be super spiritual to be a person of prayer. All you have to do is to be able to converse. Just talk. Just talk. You talk to people that you work with. You talk with people you live with. You talk with people you live around. And all God's saying is, Talk to me. And the neat thing is, he'll talk back. Now, it may not be audibly like the people you live with, the people you work with, the people you live around, but he'll do it through your spirit. And he'll speak to you through your spirit. See, we are a spirit. That's who we are. We live in a body, and we have a soul. Our soul is our mind, will, and our emotions. So you bring those three together, there's, there's this constant little battle going on. Our body's wanting to do something contrary to what God wants us to do. Our soul, which the renewed part, as we've, we've ventured into God's Word and we've developed a relation with, with a relationship with Him, our spirit and our soul start working together. But there's still that part. None of us have arrived yet. There's still that part of our mind that's not renewed. It's the one where you could be in church and you could be praising God and all of a sudden you just have this God-awful thought. And you hope nobody even, you know, oh my God, did anybody hear me think that? You know, I mean, literally. And you may say, well, I thought I was the only one. Now everybody does it. Because, you know, the enemy wants to distract you, and one of the key ways he does it is with thoughts. And it's almost like Hensel and Gretel. Remember that story? Where the witch put the crumbs on the ground, and they followed the crumbs until she got them. Is that the way the story goes? Candy, okay. I never really knew the story. I just knew the reference to it, so... But anyway, um, and the devil does that with us. He'll, he'll throw those little crumbs to distract us. He's following after what he wants, and we're leaving God behind. You know? And some of us are completely out of it because we've been so immersed in the things that he's distracting us with that we really have blinders on to God completely. So what we're doing in 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting is we're giving an opportunity... For you to take authority, Paul said, I buffet my body, I control it. For you to take control, it's for you to take authority over which direction your life is going, because the direction of your life is based on the thoughts you have, and then you put action to the thoughts, and that takes you somewhere. And if you're not heading towards the things of God, you know it. Nobody else has to judge you about it, it's between you and God. And you know if you're closer to God right now than you were before, or if you're further away. You know, it's like this. I know a pastor in uh, Fort Myers, his church, they walk around, and I think we're going to start saying this. He, he, just a topic of conversation is, which way is your arrow pointing? And people are like, what do you mean? Are you pointing, are you going towards God or away from God? And they do that to encourage each other and to remind each other. Now, some of you who are real sensitive, and you don't want anybody telling you your business, don't ask me about my arrow. Well, you need to get saved. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not to judge you. It's not to criticize you. When we talk about 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're not talking about this legalistic thing where, you know, you got to do it or we're going to all think you're some heathen. That's not it. And it's not a quick fix. God's not saying, here's a quick fix. 21 days, boom, you're good. Actually, what we're learning in the Word is these are principles that God wants us to apply throughout the year. Like there should be times of fasting and prayer throughout the year. But this is a time we all do it together. Because when you do it together, there's strength and power. There's encouragement, right? If I know somebody else is doing 21 days of prayer, when I go out to dinner and a piece of key lime pie this tall and this big goes by, and the person I'm with, Dana, won't say his name, no, um, says, you want one? And I'm like, no, eh, no, no, no. I know there's other people fasting with me. And you know what? Dana decided not to have one either because I was fasting sweets and stuff. So he's a good brother. He encouraged me because he went in and said, well, I won't have one either. But when you know other people are doing with you, it's encouraging, right? Yeah. But if you feel, feel like you're all alone, I'm on some desert island, nobody knows, and, you know, all you do is look at all the things you're giving up, pretty soon you're, you're crumbling like a house of cards. But there's, some, there's something about the strength of knowing we do it together, amen? So what I want to do is I want to kind of unpack this a little more because some of you may be new to this. Some of you maybe have never prayed beyond the sinner's prayer where you received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or maybe you haven't done that you'll get an opportunity today. Some of you maybe have never fasted anything, and this is not a critique or a judge. This is an opportunity to learn that it's a, a method that God put in his word to help us pursue and grow into his very image. We should be becoming more like Jesus as we grow in our relationship with him, amen? You guys with me? Okay, our text scripture for our series is uh, Matthew six thirty three and 34. We're gonna look at the Amplified Bible. And we're just going to say that, and then I'm going to start unpacking some stuff about prayer and fasting. Um, in verse 33, it says, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom. Now, what, what is his kingdom? Is it a place? Like, is it down at 441, Blocks? Up? No. God's kingdom is where he rules. But he's given us this thing called a will. You guys chose to come here today. You guys are choosing whether or not you're going to listen to the message, or if you're just going to sit here and do your duty. I went to church, so huh? Watch, check that off my list. Are you actually going to expect God to download some stuff that's going to empower, I- I- increase your spirituality, if you will, cause you to be bigger on the inside than you are on the outside? Okay, so you're choosing. It's an act of your will. And no, God won't make anybody get saved. He'll sit there with a broken heart and watch people go to hell if they choose to. You say, well, doesn't God send people to hell? No. God has done everything. He's paid the, the bills. He, he's made the way. He's provided transportation. He's done everything for you not to go to hell. But there's one last thing. You've got to choose the only way not to go to hell. And that's to choose a Savior to pay the price for your sin, allow what Jesus did to satisfy the debt that you've created through sin, and allow you to enter into heaven forever with God based on a choice. I choose to accept Jesus or I choose to reject Jesus. You do one or the other. Somebody said, well, I don't even want to talk about it. That's a choice. I'm not even going to think about it. That's a choice. The reality is we all have a choice. The kingdom of God is where you accept Jesus as more than just Savior, fire insurance, but you actually accept him as Lord. And you say, not my way, but your way. In other words, God's way of doing things now comes home to you. And you start making choices. That's what we talk about fasting and stuff, where if something's taken us from God, we choose, nope, I'm going to go ahead and do this. There's things I used to do that you probably would be totally shocked at. That I don't do anymore. Not because I'm super spiritual, but because I've chosen to do things God's way. And the thing I find out is my life is so much better by doing things God's way instead of my way. And a lot of those things were socially acceptable. Everybody was doing it, but I knew in my heart it wasn't God's best for me. And I'm not putting that on you. I'm seek what's best what God's best is for you. And as I sought God's best for me, I started leaving some things behind, started letting some things go. And my life has gotten better and better and better. I'm a better husband, I hope I'm a better father, better papa, you know, and a better pastor because I'm leaving the junk behind and choosing God's way. Make sense? So I'm trying to give you kind of an overview of what we're doing here. The kingdom of God is where God's rule his rule, which now that seems heavy, like, oh, he's going to rule me. It's where you do things God's way, It's a better way to put it. You choose to make God's way the way. And all of us have our own way. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but unfortunately the end therein is death. But Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it to the full. So our choices really matter, all right? And prayer and fasting, it's, it's just a choice to you know what I'm not where I want to be with God, or or maybe I'm a def- man. I, I'm I'm doing the best spiritual I've ever done. You know, there's more. God's always got more. He there's always more to learn, to grow, to become aware of, to 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 start implementing in your life. There's more, and God always has it. So you don't have to be far off to decide to pray pray and fast. You can be at the top of your game, and and know God's got more for me, and press in. So. To seek his kingdom, submit to him, and and pick his way as your way, it's a choice, and his righteousness, which means, we see it here, his way of doing and being right. Now that's not what you say, I knew I was right, that's not the same right, you know. I I told you I was right. No, right means that it's the right way to do it. You know, everybody has an opinion, and opinions are like armpits, everybody's got them, most of them stink, but... The fact is that God, who's holy and just, his way is the right way to do it. Amen? So you guys with me? His way of doing and being right. And then all these things. Now, if you read Matthew 6, it's incredible. The principles are there, how God will provide for you, how he puts a standard there. But in all these principles, the, the thing is that it's a putting God first. You know, well, I, you know, Pastor Mike, I just love my wife. She's first in my life. Well, you've messed up. You've missed it. Because you can't be the best for her if you put her first. You've got to put God first to be able to be the best husband you can be. And same thing for the wife. I've known some super spiritual women who treat their husband like garbage but want to talk about how God is first, God, or, or, you know, like that. But if God is first, it's going to dictate and determine how you treat people around you. Because as we're leaning toward him, we're going to look at this in a minute, as we're pressing towards him, we become more like him. People should see we change. The people I used to hang with when they see me now, they're like, that's not even the same person. And thankfully, they're right. The old me has passed away. This is a new and improved me because of Jesus Christ. Make sense? You guys with me? So, and, and in verse 34, it says, don't worry or be anxious about tomorrow. And I'll tell you, with the, the news and everything going on and everybody's ideas of what's happening and the conspiracies, how the billionaires are taking over the world and, and, and you know, who, they may be trying, but God's still God. And the Bible tells us if we just forget about the worry and the anxiety and focus on him, put him first, we'll have what we need. They could do what they want. But we'll have what we need. I tell you, I've been, I've been studying and, and I learned something in Bible school many years ago. And uh, I almost went there right now. I can't because I'll share it soon. But it, it is so powerful about how being in Christ, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. When you're in Christ, you have a connection to all the supply through the throne of God. And you know what? The economy may crash. The billionaires may take over. Robots may be creeping through. Yeah, My God's still God. And I'm still going to be victorious because there is no name above his name. I don't care if it's Microsoft or Apple or or, God is God. Amen. And the more that I learn to focus on him and lean into him, the less I have to worry about what's going on in the world. Now, do I care about care about people? Yes. Do I want them to go through it? No. That's why I'm pursuing God. So they can see a light in a dark place. And my life will change and be an example, not because I'm great, but because God is amazing. And he can do something with almost nothing. And he can use me to show them the way to find him. Amen? You guys with me? So, boy, my introduction took way too long. <laughs> so, All right, we're in the first week, and uh, we got 14 more to go. But again, this is not a one-time thing. This is, this is not a... Uh, this is not a, well, you do this, and the rest of the year, you're good. This is just an example so we can all see how God wants us to live. And then on our own, or the most powerful thing is for you to get with some of the people you go to church with and say, hey, you know, God's been dealing with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a fast uh, starting next month, and I want to ask you to join me. And their fast may not be the same as your fast, but what you're doing is you're saying no to something so that you can pursue and say yes to God and his plan. Whether it might be, you know, you're saying no to, to a TV show, not TV entirely, or a or time of fa- uh, Facebook or social media. I'm not going to be on there for this time, and, and, and in that time, you don't just stop doing it and then... No, 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 you, you replace the time that you spent there with pursuing God, prayer, reading, studying. You, you pursue Him, and, and it, it, it's incredible... The things that, that happen in your life. And you say, well, I don't know how to talk to God. Because prayer is just simply talking to God. I'll tell you a story that we heard, in, I think we heard in Bible school. Um, there's this pastor. Sorry, you guys notice I've been staying away from you today. I woke up a little scratchy throat. I am COVID free, but I just don't want to take any chances. So I'm staying clear from you. But there's a story in Bible school where this pastor was talking to this farmer. And he was a very simple guy, and he, the, the farmer had this, this question, and he's like, you know, I, I wonder if this is what God wants me to do. I, I think I should do this, but I'm not sure. And the pastor told him, he says, you know, Bubba, all you got to do, and his name really was Bubba. This is an actual person. And he said, Bubba, all you have to do is talk to him. Well, I'm not good at talking. He wasn't educated and stuff. He says, just talk to him like he's your daddy. And the next week, the guy came back and he's smiling and the pastor could tell something's different. He goes, did you get your answer? He goes, yeah, I did. He goes, Bubba, what did God say? He said, okey-doke. <laughs> so, you, you know, God's not up there judging your vocabulary. He's not saying you don't really sound spiritual enough. I'm sorry, that prayer is not in the King James English. You know, He's not doing any of that. He just wants you to talk to him from your heart. And whatever language you speak, Whatever level of vocabulary you have, God will meet you there. And he never looks down on you. He never says, oh, I wish, oh, look at this. Got to deal with this idiot over here. Can't even hardly talk. No, no, no. God's a father that loves you and says, tell me. Talk to me. Come, come and spend time with me. Come and let me show you who I really want to be to you. And as you talk to him, he will. And when you see who he is to you, all of a sudden, your eyes are open to who you are, to him. And it's life-changing. It's life-changing. Amen? You guys with me? So Bubba's one of my favorite stories. Because, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that, I don't know how to pray and stuff. But, you know, the Bible, all through it, it talks about prayer. It talks about fasting. In Luke 18.1, I'm not going to put it on the screen because I don't have time to go there. But Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's telling this story about this unrighteous um, judge And this judge is not doing his his due diligence. He's not doing his responsibility. This woman keeps coming to him and saying, hey, I'm being wronged here. And he just ignores her and ignores her and ignores her for a long time. And Jesus is telling the story for a reason. So don't worry about the lady. Catch what Jesus is saying. And you can look it up in, in Luke 18. But eventually, because the lady's so persistent, she won't give up. Anybody ever met somebody like that? You know, they're usually achievers. They're usually the people that give up, sit around, and criticize because we don't like the fact that they kept going when we gave up. But she kept going. This is wrong. I'm being wronged. You're the judge. I need you to, you know. And, and finally, eventually, he was irritated. He was annoyed. She wouldn't stop. So the unrighteous judge decided, well, I'm going to hear her and I'm going to go ahead and side with her so she'll leave me alone. And Jesus uses this story to tell his disciples, don't ever give up praying. Always be praying. So many people, because they, they hit an obstacle, they hit you know, something in the road, a roadblock that, that causes them to get discouraged, and they give up. And, and, and Jesus is saying, listen, just because you don't see what you want to see immediately, because we don't really know everything that God's doing to bring our prayers to pass. Don't give up. Because if you give up on this one, chances are you won't do that one. Or that one and then pretty soon prayer is just something you used to do. It's not a way of life and that's really what Jesus is trying to teach us how to have this way of life with prayer and fasting. Amen you guys with me? So the the, the uh, disciples were so intrigued by it they were like, wow this you know teach us to pray Lord, show us how to do it. they saw that there was a benefit that there was something to this praying and they literally pursued him to teach them about praying and praying is important. In, in 2021, 69% of Americans said that they had prayed the previous week. That's actually higher than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. I guess I'm a little doom and gloom on that. But uh, I was like, wow, that's good, until I read the next statistic. In 1996, it was 83% of Americans said they prayed the previous week. So we're down from 83% to 69%. And I'm um, Concern we might be even lower this year, because so many people have just become numb to God, and they're just so focused on existing, they're not pursuing the life he has for them. So it's something that we all need to be aware of, and we need to talk about it, and it's a choice that we make. As for me, in my house, we're going to be a house of prayer. As for Faith Family Church and Grace Presbyterian, it's a house of prayer, We seek God in the choices and the direction and what he has for us as churches. And that's how we came together. And that's how we work together. The two of us together are able to do more than each of us single. And that's God's way of operating. But if we didn't take time to seek him, we would have never discovered this. And, And what a blessing it is. And what wonderful people that we're now connected with to do the work of the gospel because we sought God in prayer. Make sense? So in the, the Bible, there's, there's three different types of fasting generally. And uh, I'm going to go over those for just a second. The three different types is the partial fast, which we see in uh, Matthew chapter four. And you remember it's where the, the Holy Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted by the evil one. The devil, who's real? Not a pitchfork and a red suit, but he's real. Um, he led him out into the wilderness for him to be tempted by the evil one. And while he was out there, the Bible says he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, which means he did, he, it's, it even goes into detail that he didn't eat anything. And I'm doing this for reasons. so you understand the different types of fasting. Um, it doesn't mean he didn't drink water. If you don't drink water for 40 days, how many know you're in serious trouble? But you can live without eating. Uh, Jesus is the example. I've never managed to do that. Um, Never even really tried, to be honest with you. But, uh, Lord, please don't ask me to fast for 40 days. (laughs) But anyway, um, for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus didn't eat anything. That's called a um, normal fast. And then there's... And I'm giving you examples in the Bible so you know we're not just coming up with this. Then there's a story in the Bible of a total fast, a complete fast. And that's when Esther and Mordecai, her uncle... We're dealing with this plot from the enemy to alienate... What? No, not alienate. If you're going to help me, help me write. Now, <laughs> annihilate all the children... No, no, you lost your shot. No. <laughs> to annihilate all the children of Israel. They, their plan was to wipe them out. How many of you know if they would have succeeded, there would have been no Jesus? And we would have been in trouble. So, Esther, through just God arranging, she actually was in a place where the, the king really liked her, he had feelings for her, there was a relationship there. But in this setting, when the king was on his throne, you couldn't just walk up to him. Even if you were married to him, you couldn't just walk up to him. You had to come to the side, look down, and if he pointed his scepter to you, then you could approach him. If he didn't, and you approached him, automatic, you know, you're know, you a goner, it's over. And he, she was made aware that Haman... Like the number two guy has this plot he's working on to annihilate all the Jews. And uh, she sends this word to Mordecai and her uncle. And this is what she tells him to do. Let's look at the scripture. It's in uh, Esther chapter 4, verse 15. She says to him, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants, her maids, her her handmaidens, will fast as you do. When this is done, I'll go to the king, which means she's just going to walk up to him. I'm going to go to the king, even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Now, what she's saying is for for, for there to be a total fast where you don't eat or drink, it's usually a very big situation, the annihilation of all the Jewish people. That's a big thing. If you've got something really big in your life going on and you're like, I don't know what to do, you, you may want to take the time to do a total fast. And what it does is it, it completely puts your, your, your flesh down and you focus completely on what God has for you. And she said day and night. I mean, this is not something you take lightly. It's a total fast, but there is a place for it. So we have a normal fast where you, like, you give up food you know, for an amount of time. It doesn't have to be 40 days. You can do it for a lunch hour. You can do it for a week, whatever you want to do. Or you have a total fast where it's no food, no drink, no nothing, And then you have, which is very popular, you have the partial fast, which like a lot of us, we're we're partial fasting. I'm not eating key lime pie. Even though I wanted to, I told my body no, and at the moment I didn't enjoy it, but I do enjoy it afterwards because I realize I am growing spiritually. I'm taking control. I'm reminding my flesh that I'm in charge. The spirit, Mike, the spirit is in charge, not it, because it's been in charge for years, and that's how you get to places that you shouldn't be right? So we have these three types of fasting, and it's the absolute fast, it's the, um, the um, normal fast, and then you have the partial fast. And one of the examples of a partial fast is a Daniel fast. I know some of you are doing the Daniel fast, where you eat no... Uh, well, Daniel said this. He said, I eat no choice food, no meat or wine, touch my lips, and I use no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So the Daniel fast is a partial fast, and it, it's not... Necessarily that, you can give up, um, you can skip your lunch every day at work and just go out in your car or go to the lunchroom and just pray. So it's it's just to give you an idea and a foundation of what we're talking about, because I really invite all of you to jump in and be part of what we're doing and uh, to at least try. You may say, well, you know what, Pastor Mike, I'm not giving up food because I don't have a problem with food, but I am on Facebook for seven hours a day. Might be a good thing to fast, right? Uh, Or, you know, you watch TV every night from the time you get home from work till you go to bed. (laughs) Might be a good thing to fast, you know? Maybe you beat your dog. That's definitely a good thing to fast. Just stop it. But there's a quote by a pastor, Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones. He said this Fasting, if we conceive of it truly, must not be confined to the question of food and drink. Fasting should really be made to include abstinence from anything which is legitimate in and of itself for the sake of some special spiritual purpose. In other words, you you pick a time, say, I'm not going to do this for this amount of time. I'm not going to do this. Instead of this, I'm going to do this to pursue and to grow in the things of God. There are many bodily functions which are right and normal and perfectly legitimate. But which, for special, peculiar reasons in certain circumstances, should be controlled, that is fasting. One thing that married couples do, um, and some of you may freak out, but they'll fast sex for a period of time. Now, some of you say, she's been fasting for years. Well, that's a different problem. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can talk about that. But you can, not the teenager over there, goes, mm, he said sex. Anyway, I'm just kidding, guys. I don't mean to make funny. but anyway, um, but you can do that for a purpose, not just because you're. I'll teach him, or she's gonna, you know, find out how I feel. That's not fasting. Fasting is coming together and say, hey, you know what? I just wanna, I wanna break away from everything flesh connected, and I wanna press into the things of God. And and let me tell you, if you're married to somebody like Donna, she can be a distraction. She she takes my attention all the time. So sometimes it's like, baby, I, I gotta, I, I, I gotta. I gotta pull away for a little while so I can even see God. And uh but it's good to do that. Because there's a coming together afterwards. Anyway. Does this embarrass you? I'm sorry. No. Well, when you're good, you're good. That's all I can say. So that, that's what he says, amen. And I and I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but If you've already disconnected, I am going to step on your toes, so I guess I am meaning to. If you already decide, I don't do that, I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to pray. That's not me. That's a choice that you're making. And if you're really hard set on that, now hear me, and I'm not judging you, I'm asking you to do a little introspection, is that the word? Um, A little self-evaluation here. And I hope you all hear me. You may need to check and see if you're saved. And you're not just playing church. And I'm 100% serious. If you don't make room for God in your life, if you don't pray or read your Bible, and you make up an excuse to yourself that I can't do it, that's buying into the deception of the, the devil. That's, that's being distracted. And, and you're selling yourself short because God says with him you can do all things. And prayer is as simple as Bubba saying, Lord, can I do it? Okey-doke. So it's not this big thing. So if you're one of those people who say, I don't do it, out of concern for your soul, you need to check and see, did you ever really open up and receive him as Savior and Lord or are you just playing church? Because we should be growing more like him. And as we lean into him, he reveals to us through who he is, who we were created to be. Make sense? So, and the Bible says we're to take on his very image. And if you're not growing hungrier for the things of God, and you're, you're becoming lukewarm, like, ah, it's not that special anymore. Remember what the Bible says. God would rather you be hot or cold, but the lukewarm he will spew from his mouth. Why? Because lukewarm is a very dangerous place. Because we decide, I'm okay with God. You know, I had that experience in church. so I'm okay with God. But then we don't press in. And our flesh, our flesh pulls us back away, and pretty soon God's just something we used to do. And we never really had a moment of actually making Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. So sometimes prayer and fasting can actually make us aware of adjustments we need to make in our life, and some of them could be very serious adjustments. Does that make sense? So the first time that people actually pursued God, we have an example in uh, Genesis 4.26. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. I'm glad my parents didn't name me that, but hey, it's probably a cool name there. And Enosh, and at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. That's the first time that people actually called on the name of the Lord recorded in the Bible. But it shows a pattern that when life events happen, people call to the Lord. And waking up every morning on this side of the grass should be a life event. Good morning, Lord. Thanks for bringing me through the night. What are we going to do today? What do you have for me today? Give him time. It doesn't have to be hours, it could be five minutes, undistracted, and he'll show up in those five minutes because he's anxious to be active in your life. He wants to pursue a relationship. I wanna read you a few statistics and then next week we're gonna go over the nine types of prayer and we're gonna go over the, the principles of fasting just so we know and you'll be made more aware. What's it doing? It's giving you a foundation to make these choices and to see the value of these choices so that you don't miss the 21 days and think afterwards, oh man, I wish I would have. Jump in now. Wherever you are, jump in now. You don't have to do everything. Just do one thing. And give God a little more room in your life. If you want more of God in your life, you've got to do a little less of you in your life. Amen? The Apostle Paul, let's see. Um, how many times do you think the Bible refers to Jesus praying? I was surprised by this. 25. I thought it would be more. Didn't, I mean, didn't you guys think it would be more? You know, but the Bible references him praying 25 times, which is cool because it shows us a pattern. And the Bible says if the Bible, if we had all the information that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough room to write the books. So it's just showing us a pattern. The Apostle Paul mentions prayer 41 times, 41 times. And and next week, as I get ready to close, I hope I'm just giving you something to grab a hold of, something to whet your interest so that you'll pursue a little more. And if you have questions about this, you want to talk about it, uh, I'm open uh, conversations, Pastor Donna, Pastor Chris. You call Pastor Eric, uh, call Chris and Eric at night. Um, they're available anytime at night. I, on the other hand, I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. So we are available anytime you need us. But um, there's, there's nine different types of prayer. So you, you kind of have an arsenal of, oh, this is why I'm praying this way, or, this is how I pray for that. And it, it gives you some, some maturing in God's way of doing things. Does that make sense? So our 21 days of prayer is not just to be the fad. It's to actually help people grow. And, you know, God is building His church through people who pursue Him. See, the building is not the church. The building is just where the church gathers. The church is the people. And the Bible tells us explicitly that God is building, which means He wants to build us up in His way of doing things, in His way of life. And if we'll let Him, not only will we be better, but it will affect all the people around us, amen? And together as a church, we can impact the world. So that's really what it's about. So I hope you're being blessed by this and you're learning some stuff. Uh, this was kind of foundational, but I do think it will help you, especially when the devil comes and tries to tell you, you don't need to do it, It's no big deal. Those are all distractions to take you to a, a more vulnerable place. It's not for no reason. It's to take you to a more vulnerable place where he can have his way. And we know by John 10.10, you know, Jesus came to give us life. But what does it say right before that? The thief comes. He does come, and he has an agenda. What does he come for? To steal? He's got to steal first. And if he could steal the things of God, if he could steal the word of God, if he could steal the relationship of God from you, then he can kill and destroy. And his purpose is to kill and destroy you because God loves you. And your option is to grow closer to God. Grow in the things of God. Remind yourself that the devil's under my foot. He has no power over me because I walk with God. I'm in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when you are aware of that, the devil's not a threat. He's only a threat when you're disconnected or distracted from God. So once you to think about that, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that. It's life-changing. It's life-empowering. It's life-impacting. And Father, you have placed us here for such a time as this. Just as Esther, she recognized she was in that place for a special purpose. It wasn't happenstance or coincidence. She was there for such a time as this. And I believe that each and every one of us were created on purpose with a purpose. And we're here on this earth right now for such a time as this. Help us to see what that is. Help us to know the purpose and the plan you have for our life as we lean into you. Let the things that are distracting us fall away and let us have clear revelation. Holy Spirit, we ask you to just reveal to us what are the steps you have for us. We know there's steps, there's a path, there's a race set before us and we want more of you. We want to grow in you. We want to walk out into our community and touch those who are far from God and give them a way, a path, a light to show them there's a better way, that God loves them where they're at. He accepts them and he has a whole, whole plan for them too. Help us to be your light. Help us to be your representatives, not only here in Lantana and the Palm Beach County area. Help us touch the world as we come together as a church and we support ministries all around the world. Thank you for today. Thank you. We have ears to hear, eyes to see, and heart to receive the message you've made available to us. You are high and lifted up. We glorify you today, Father, above any situation or circumstance, any diagnosis or determination. We say you're high and lifted up. We lean into you. We shelter under the wings of the Most High because that's where our provision, our protection, everything that we need is. If you're here today and you've never made that decision for Jesus Christ, and and I I don't care if you've been here for 20 years, if today you realize, you know, I don't know I ever made room for God as my Lord, and you want to, or maybe this is the first time you heard this, you say, yeah, I need this. If that's you, I'm going to look around the room. Would you raise your hand? Not come down front. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is between you and God, but I want to pray for you, especially this next week. And that's why I'm asking you to raise your hand. There's no camera on you. There's no recording. I see your hand. Anybody else? This is your time. You know this is your time. Anybody else? Hey Amen. You may be online watching this, and we're, we're with you. We're praying with you. And we right now, I want everybody to say this with me so we can do it in agreement with those who are online or the person here. Father, I know now you love me. You accept me. And you've done everything that needs to be done to free me from the bondage of sin and set me in a relationship with you. He who the Son is set free is me today. Jesus is Lord and Savior in my life. Amen. Praise God. end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.